Welcome to It's Real with Jordan Edwards, episode 29 with Ella Voss. Ella is a singer-songwriter from Los Angeles. She used to play keyboards for Bournes. Now she's on her own, and her new album, Turbulence, comes out July 31st. Here it is, episode 29 with Ella Voss. Ella, tell me about the new music that you've been making recently and the new album that's coming out in July. Okay. So the album that's coming out in July is called Turbulence. And I've been writing it, I guess I started writing it, I started writing it about almost a year ago. And it was just honestly, it's been like a really turbulent year or really a turbulent like past like three years and so actually this is a really difficult album to write um i went through a divorce i i've been dealing with the aftermath of cancer treatment and then i went um through like a really really um deep depression last fall and had a major breakdown so to me now this album coming out is like it's it's, it's a weird feeling I'm kind of just like I want it to be I just want it kind of done because it's been a tough time and the, the album is like somehow turned out still so like uplifting and hopeful which is why I think it's kind of been appropriate to keep putting it out during this time um yeah absolutely now I've, right, <laughs> you've been you've been performing as ella voss you've had the ella voss project your solo project for about five years now so how does it feel different now than it did five years ago how much have you grown as a singer songwriter in that time period so so much five years five years ago i was i had just had my son. I had just left pl playing and touring with Borns and was working on White Noise, which was my first song. So five years ago, I honestly didn't, I didn't even know, I didn't even know what Ella Boston was yet. Like it was just bare, like maybe I was really nervous writing songs. I was really insecure. I didn't, I, I hadn't really sung, like I hadn't been the front, the front man of my, of anything. I'd always been in the background. Yeah, I was, I was, so I was just like, overall just had no idea what I was doing and felt really shy and insecure. Are you naturally kind of an introvert? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you were you're one of those people you know when it comes to to musicians and bands, there sometimes there can be a power struggle where someone doesn't think they're getting enough attention or they want to make their own solo project or whatever. But you're naturally you're more comfortable being the keyboardist, being the side musician more than you are the front person. I, it's a funny thing because even though I'm an introvert, when it comes to performing, I do like the attention. Um, and I, I grew up playing, performing classical piano, and I, I loved 
being the only person on stage. It's different because I have to look at people um, or talk. Yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a, a moment when in Borns when I was touring and I just started feeling this like jealousy rising up of like I wish I was doing that. Um, even though it felt really scary. And that was kind of a sign to me, like, that's what I should be doing. If I feel, if I feel this in me, like. Was it, but it wasn't like a jealousy, like I'm better than him. Oh no, yeah. no. It was just like, it was that like, oh, I, I could do that. Why can't, or why can't I do that? Right. That's why I'm doing this podcast is I've seen so many knuckleheads do podcasts. And it's like, why not? Well, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You worked with Borns for a while. You toured, all stuff. What did you get out of that musical relationship? What did you learn or what did you enjoy most about that whole period? Besides, at, before the jealousy kicked in. Yeah. For me, I guess it, it gave me the confidence that I could, that I was talented. Um, before I auditioned for Borns, I was like playing in a basically garage band and I didn't, I never, I wasn't really sure that I could ever make a career out of being a musician, even though that's what I've been like going for my whole life. Like I went to college for piano performance and I've like been on this track of like making music my entire life. But when I, when I got the, the gig playing for Borms, it was like a stamp of approval of like, oh, like other people think I can do this too. Yeah. So that was a big, it was, I guess, just a big confidence boost for me. Right. You you have this background class. Do you still enjoy classical music or instrumental music? Oh yeah. Yeah. I I, I think I'm going to start working on a, an instrumental album soon. Have you? Well, you're you're an LA person, so have you thought about doing you know music for TV or movies that kind of thing? No. Yeah. What's your recording process? Do you have your own studio? Do you have a little cool, small studio you go to? Or are you more of like a big studio with lots of toys kind of person? No, I like the, I like the home studio. I have a little studio in my, in my garage. But I, I actually, I end up working a lot of the time, like just in the house. Like I have it. Oh, my boyfriend moved in, so now we're kind of sharing the studio space. And so I have, like, an office set up for, like, a Studio B. <laughs> it's like sound studio there. Yeah. In every room, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, so in the room, like, across from me right now, there's a Mellotron and a little speaker, a little desk. Are you, uh, are you a, a gear hoarder? Do you buy stuff off eBay and then pile it in the corner and all that kind of thing? No, I like, I like to, I like to have one, I like to have one thing. Uh, I, I find it way too overwhelming. Like I don't, I have a, I, I do have a storage unit that has probably stuff in it that I've forgotten about, but I like when I'm working, I just like having one thing. Otherwise it's overwhelming. And the Mellotron's like your, your instrument of choice right now? Yeah, it kind of ended up in this room cause it looked good. And I actually, I, to be honest, I haven't been using it as a Mellotron the last like month. I've only been using it as a mini controller for um, 
this uh, is called felt instruments, uh, which are these um, like beautiful plugins, and that's all I've been using. Are do you, do you like the vintage stuff? Do you have any cool vintage amps or vintage guitars, anything that like that laying around? Um, my boyfriend does. I have a Prophet 08 that I love. Um, I have my my Whirly right here, which is all right. Uh, I've got this cool drum machine that I like been using sometimes for like live um, live streams. Right. I try to keep it minimal. When you started really getting the solo stuff, you know, 2014, 15, 16. You did, and you have done a lot of dance stuff. Are you trying to get away from the more EDM dance-oriented music? Um, I mean, it's not my favorite. I I enjoy it. Like, it's fun to do. And I've had this amazing connection with rehab. But it's not, like, it's not something I'm pursuing strongly. Like, at my core, like, I'm definitely more of, like, indie rockster kind of like more like vibey kind of music I, I like the word rockster <laughs> i i think that's an underused term is that still still a word <laughs> i feel like rockster is a term a non-music publication uses to describe a musician like if the la times was writing an article or something they would use the term rockster. yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I started my career as a, as a music, as a writer, music journalist, and I just got tired of coming up with new ways to describe, you know, oh, this song sounds like a river flowing across, you know, and it's, it gets ridiculous. I like those fun descriptions. Uh, I uh, featured on a song with Mokita, and I think my press quote, I said, like, the song is like, to me is like drinking a cup of Earl Grey tea on a rainy day. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so warm and comforting. Remember when you would walk through like Michael's or something, there would be that display of atmospheric like running water sound CDs you could buy. Good old days when we could just peruse. When we go to Michael's and buy running water background CDs. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, my mom dragged me to Michael's a lot for crafty oh, stuff. Insane. Yeah. Insane. The Michael's was the worst because there was nothing for me to enjoy there. There was like model air. Not anymore. Are you a crafty person? Do you like making stuff with your hands? I do. I don't go to Michael's, but I like, <laughs> I like, I try to, I try, I don't like going to like retail stores in general. It's a drag, right? It exhausts me so much. So I like buy everything online. I do feel a surge of optimism when I walk into a mall, but that optimism starts to drain as soon as you walk in and it takes about 30 minutes for you to feel like you just want to leave. I have, so like my mom used to take me as to the mall so much growing up and it was just like, I just remember feeling exhausted. Now, like the second I step into a mall, I'm like, what, why, why? Nobody needs to be here. <laughs> we don't need to do that. Right. Yeah. My mom used to have a mall walk where she walked at a faster pace and I had to keep up because she had so many stores she had to hit before the mall closed. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Back to music stuff. 
you mentioned your your connection with with rehab your uh you you have you you did a you had a really really popular song you did uh with him first of all how did that collaboration happen have you guys been friends for a while or how did you guys put that all together so my um the producer that i have been working with since the beginning also works with rehab i don't know what his official title is but he like works with him on like a lot of the project like creative management kind of stuff he asked rehab to do a remix of white noise and it turned out so good and then I think the first time that I met him in person, I went and performed that remix with him at a festival, like a Halloween festival. And then we've kind of just stayed in touch since then. Um, he's got a good heart and he's always checking in, concerned about me and my health and what's going on. Do you, do you feel good? Do you feel physically good these days? Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like the m most, healthy that I like in like a decade. That's good. It's good. Yeah. You look, I, you know, I don't know you, I've never met you before, but you look beamy. Like you look like you've got like a ray of sunshine coming out of your face or something. That's what everyone's been saying lately. I mean, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a journey. It's been a long journey, but I feel really healthy, like physically healthy, mentally healthy. Yeah. The top song on your Spotify now is a song you do with Gavin Haley. Tell me about that song, that recording, and why do you think that song is at the top of your Spotify right now? Yeah, um, the, G the Gavin Haley song came through, and I immediately was like, oh, this is, like, perfect for me. Met up with Gavin, got a smoothie. He also has, like, autoimmune health issues and so we connected over health stuff which seems to be a trend for me these days um and cut the song did we do oh i play i performed with him at the troubadour with for that song i think that song just it hits a, a couple different like it's, it's got like a nice chill vibe the words are really good it's got a good meaning um, it feels really honest. Our voices sound really good together. I don't know why it's at the top, but it's yeah. a good song. So I'm yeah. glad that it's and that's a good song. Is all is really the only reason it, it you know that's all yeah. that's all there needs to be. When you're writing something, does the, do the do the lyrics come first, or do you have little riffs or little piano lines, or how does that fit together? Uh, yeah, I almost always have the melody first, and with the Gavin song, I, there was a different verse originally so i kind of had like words to play with um and then just kind of rewrote it and changed up the melody and the rhythm and yeah i guess they kind of they kind of mm. <laughs> they kind of go hand in hand yeah but i never i almost never have lyrics first i find that really difficult to have lyrics and then set that to a melody right right yeah like a lot of times just like sing a melody and with gibberish, figure out what it sounds like I'm saying and then make words out of that and then figure out what, I'm, what it means. 
There you go. There you go. Well, that makes sense because you do have the the classical piano composition background. It makes sense that you would have melodies. You know, you had you said you had the home studio setups, both Studio A and Studio B for your. <laughs> do you are you one of those people like you hear you you hear something in your head at two a.m. and you like rush into the studio and hit record and and see if you can you know get it on. No, and that is. You know, I get that feeling a lot, but I, I, I love sleep. So I just, <laughs> I'll like record and I'll, I'll do voice memos. So I have a lot of like middle of the night voice memos, but I won't get out of bed. But I get, I get other really, like, I get a lot of my music video ideas when I'm sleeping. Be honest. Do you, I'm acting like this is a really hard question. It's really not when you're writing a song sometimes, even when it's in the early stages, do you kind of get a vision on what the music video should look like, even if it's in the early stages of a song? Sometimes. Yeah. It depends on usually the songs that I end up being good and that I finish and that get released. Usually I have a visual at the beginning with it. And maybe that helps too, like the song get, to a good, like complete state, but yeah, usually, usually uh, any, any song in my album, like I probably had a visual early on for it that I would, kind of was visualizing as I was writing. Right on. I'm a visual person, I think. Yeah, aesthetics and sound go hand in hand as a complete package. That sounds that's the most obvious thing I've ever said in my life. It's like, of course they do, but. <laughs> <laughs> I said that like it was a really profound original thought. Music was, and music and visuals go hand in hand, man. <laughs> so, so I'll let you go, I'll let you go here in a second, but before we go, you have a song you're gonna perform. Yeah. I actually haven't decided what song I was gonna perform. Oh wow. I like that it's spontaneous. Now is the time. Now I feel like I'm on a reality show, like I come to show. What have you decided to play for your what song? What have I decided? Well, I feel like I should play. I feel like I should play the newest song that came out, but I haven't performed it live, and so I don't know if it'll be any good. But that's, I guess we could try. That's the fun part. Okay. And now I can, and then I can put premiere in all caps. Oh God! Live premiere. No, I'm just kidding. You know what? I'm going to play a song I've played before. There you go. There you go. The song is called Burning Bridges.
awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. It's Real with Jordan Edwards is presented by PopDust. Go to popdust.com for the latest in pop culture, music, and entertainment. And you can find me at jordanedwardsstudio.com or on Instagram at jordanedwardsstudio.com.